And I want to take a break from what we normally do here at, at City Hope and Normally, we're in a series, we're in a message series, and we're talking about a theme or a group of topics. Today, I want to give you an update on where we are, what God's doing, but I also want to give you a biblical teaching at the end of all that as well, all right? So the one thing I want you to keep in mind is that next week, next uh, Sunday, begins a brand new series called Summer at City Hope. And I am pumped about that. It is going to be incredible. I believe that uh, there's going to be some surprises for you. You're going to love that. But it's going to just ignite our summer. And I'm, I'm ready for that. So on your way out today, you're going to receive an invite card. Just says Summer at City Hope. And on the back is information about our service times. And what I want you to do is... Find somebody, invite somebody, and bring somebody to church with you over the next few weeks to summer at City Hope. And let's just see what God might do in our lives and in their lives, all right? All right. So here, here's uh, the very first scripture that I ever shared with you here at City Hope uh, back on January 27th. It's from Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. And I don't think I could... Uh, give this message or this update today without this scripture. And it says this, if my people or if people can't see what God is doing. So what I want to do today is help you see what God is doing. Because if you can't see what God's doing, then you're going to stumble all over yourselves. Have you ever stubbed your toe before? A couple weeks ago, Annalise stubbed toes on both feet in a day. And I'm not talking about just like like stub your toe, like, oh, and, and then a few minutes it's better. They were black and <laughs> black and blue, y'all. She was walking around like, like this. Just it was it was crazy. But but when we can't see what God's doing, that's how we look too sometimes. We just we're stubbing our toes everywhere, stumbling all over the place. But if you know what God's doing, if you attend to what God reveals to you, and I'm about to reveal something, if you attend to that, then here's the deal. You are most blessed. How many of you want to be blessed today? Amen. Amen. I want to be blessed. I want to walk in that. So I, I, I want to give you some, some statistics. I love statistics. Any other statistics people in the house? I hate math, but I love, I love statistics. I like that. So I'm going to give you some statistics today. And since City Hope started on January 27th of this year, 20 weeks ago, the average attendance here has been 501 people on an average weekend walking through the doors of City Hope. That is, that is incredible. That blows me away. It really does. I can't even imagine that. I can't even begin to just tell you how awesome that is. 655 people have, have uh, been here for the very first time. 655 first-time guest connection cards. That's a lot of people because it represents families. And 655 first-time cards. 487 next steps have been taking, taken through the growth track. 487 people have gone through one, two, three, or four. And today, in fact, today is step two of the growth track. It's our way for you to, uh, to kind of get involved and hear the mission and the vision and discover your purpose. Today, we're talking about discovering your purpose here at City Hope. And you can, uh, you can go through the growth track today. We have lunch right after this service. It's provided for you. And so 487 have, have taken steps. I'm, I'm thinking maybe we can break 500 today. How about that? What if, what if you, just, just a few of you, 13 of you, just go, right? You'll, be, you'll, you'll discover your purpose and break a record at the same time. 
but uh, because of that, because 487 people have taken next steps, 249 people have decided to make Daystar Church their home and they've become members here as, as City Hope. Why did I call it Daystar Church? Why do I do that? What? It's like I've been, I've been here for a year now. This week we celebrated a year here in Wichita Falls. June 4th was a year that we moved here. Yeah, it's been awesome. I've, I'm going to have to have, somebody's got to have a buzzer on me, and every time I do that, just, just shock me. And 249 members at City Hope Church. I don't know what they're doing out there in Alabama, but right here in Wichita Falls, this is what's going on here. 29 baptisms. 29 people have been baptized. The next two blow me away, and I want to share them with you. Uh, it's just incredible. 203 documented salvations. People who said, I'm going all in, I'm following Jesus since January 27th, and then 137 recommitments. People who said, I've been far from God, I'm coming back to God, I'm giving Him my life, I'm recommitting. And that's incredible, y'all. That just, it, it's really something for us to be part of what God is doing here. And I want to tell you a little bit, I get asked a lot about, well, what about, uh, where are we going? What about buildings and properties and, and all of these things? And what about leasing something? And, and so uh, right now, we, we lease um, this, this building. We lease McNeil Middle School from WFISD uh, every, uh, every month. We pay a weekly rental fee, and we, we write them a check every month to pay for the, the lease and the custodians that, that we hire to be part of this. We have, we have to pay their salary as well. And, and so uh, we have a one-year agreement with WFISD to be here at McNeil, and we're talking with uh, the, the people, the right people, to be able to stay here a little bit longer. I, I like being in this school. I don't know about you, but I like it because it's a great partnership with WFISD. We, our, our, our rental, it, it, it may not be a whole lot, but it, it makes a difference, hopefully, for the system. And, and we're able to be a blessing here at the school in ways that we couldn't be if we weren't here on Sundays. In fact, I asked the, uh, the principal, Ms. Bynum, this week, I asked her, uh, how's it going? How do you feel? We're, uh, is it a good relationship? Are we okay being here at the school? And she said, hey, we don't even know you're here. And that is, that's what we want right there. We, we don't want them to know we're here, right? We don't want them coming in on Sunday and be like, man, the trash is still full and there's junk all over the floor. No, we, we try to leave it better than we found it. And that's, just, that's because we pursue excellence here. We, that's the kind of culture we want to have. So we're trying to, to uh, we would love to be here a little bit longer. Why? Because it's a blessing to the school, but it's also a blessing to City Hope Church because we can't lease this much square footage anywhere in Wichita Falls for, for what we're able to give to the district and pay in a lease amount to the district. So it's a good relationship for us to have. It's a blessing for them, and it's a blessing for us to be here with so little overhead. Does that make sense to you? Well, uh, Brother Ben, what about that? What about that property then? I mean, when we gonna get in this? When we gonna get in our own building? We want to get in our own building. Okay, you may not ask it that way, but I just I like talking like that. That's just fun. <laughs> it's fun. Oh, when are we gonna? When are we gonna have our own place? And that's a, a really good question. Um, we're constantly. We have our eyes open for properties. We're looking at property. We see stuff all the time. People send it to us, and, and we, we follow up with it. We try to follow up. Maybe they get back with us. Maybe they don't. Our eyes are always open. 
And there's some properties that have caught our eyes. We're like, man, that would be a great location to have for City Hope. Um, but here's this unique season that we're in as a church. We're 20 weeks old, y'all. So banks aren't going to lend any money to a 20-week-old organization. You know what I'm saying? We're a nonprofit, and that's why they won't loan you money is because you're a not-for-profit. Do you know what I'm saying? They want to see some history. They want to see about three to five years of history. Your books, how you doing? What kind of income have you had? What about expenses? They want to see that kind of stuff. So that's a unique uh, situation. But then the other side of that is we're only 20 weeks old. And we haven't saved enough money to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for property because you know property's not cheap, right? You know it's not cheap. Buildings aren't cheap. To build, uh, to buy property and build a building uh, are, are by a really good educated educated estimate is about $150 a square foot easily. So you're talking $1.5 to $2 million or above to be able to build a, a, a property somewhere. So those are the kinds of things that we, we're looking at. And stuff's not cheap, so we have to be... What we've committed to do is we're just not going to rush into anything. How many of you know a, ru- a fool rushes into folly? A fool rushes in. We're not going to do that. Um, we're going to be good stewards of what God's given us. We're going to continue to... I would love for us to just, in this season, be here, be a blessing to the school, be a blessing to the, to the district, be a blessing to people around us, and, and continue to be good stewards of what God's given us. Now, with that said, some of you have connections. Some of you have relationships. Some of you know people. You're like, I know a guy, Right? Well, I, I need to know that guy too, maybe. You know what I'm saying? So get us connected. Maybe you have relationships. Maybe you know real estate agents. Maybe you know building owners or property owners. And, uh, and you're going, well, I, I mean, yeah. Well, I don't know the guy, so introduce us, right? Get us connected. And so we can just search out what is it that God wants for City Hope Church. Amen? So that's kind of where we are with a building and with land. We're just not in a rush. We're not going to... I'll say it this way. We're not going to do anything out of pressure. You know, we make bad decisions sometimes when we do things out of pressure. And I would love to be the kind of church where we can just write a check for things and not have to be the kind of church that says, what are we going to do this month, outreach or pay the mortgage? I don't want to be that kind of church. I want to be the kind of church that says, oh, the mortgage, we don't have one. We can do whatever we want to, outreach. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's what I want for City Hope. So I want to share something with you that is not a plan. It is not, I don't have anything on paper as a, as a plan. It's a dream. It's a dream that I think God has put in my heart. And it goes back to a survey that we did at Easter. And at Easter, we asked the congregation to tell us, if we were to plant another campus, where do you think that ought to be? Where, where should we start another campus? And a bunch of you filled that card out. How many of you, if you filled it out, just let me see your hands. Okay, several of you filled that card out. And, um, and here's, here's the results, all right? The results of that just kind of blew me away. 29% of you said, downtown would be great. Hey, let's go downtown. Everybody else going downtown, let's go downtown. And then 21% of you said, Shepherd Air Force. And then 15% of you said, Burke Burnett. And what's not on here, I didn't put it on here, is 14% of you said Iowa Park. So uh, with this data, 65% of you said somewhere on the eastern side of Wichita Falls, 
maybe around the Shepherd Air Force Base because it's closer to downtown and closer to Burke, would be a great location for a next campus. I think that's a pretty good thing, right? I would love to see that. Well, why another campus, Ben? Why don't we just build a big old building and expect everybody to come here? Well, let's ask other churches how that's working out, right? Because in, in today's world, it's so much better to, to go to where people are and rather than expect them to come here. All right? That was a way that we did things back decades ago. But now, in this new season, this new era with technology, and it's a whole lot cheaper to go across town and start a satellite location with some of you who are already driving from there. And, and to do it that way, and it's, it's just incredible. So, but, but it's not a plan. It's just a dream, and I'm sharing that with you so you can help us pray about it because there's some must-haves that we have to have before we even think about a campus. Well, we have to have a location. We have to have a venue. Where are these people going to go? We, we have to have a campus pastor because, I mean, I've checked into cloning, but I don't think... It's a joke, right? I'm not, I really haven't checked into cloning. Just, just don't misunderstand me. Our pastor was talking about cloning himself. No. Uh, it, it's, we have to find, have the right person who, who knows the vision and they have the DNA and they have the culture. And that comes from being somewhere 15 years. That's why I keep saying our, our old church name over and over again because I was there so long. And a lot of what you experience here is the culture in DNA of what we had there. So um, worship, you've got to have the right worship team, a production team, children's team, children's leaders and production leaders, worship leaders, uh, the dream team. You need about 60 to 100 people to be able to go over there and just, just create the atmosphere and culture. And, and what, what you experienced on day one here, we've got to be able to pull that off there. You have to have finances to be able to make that happen. And an exit strategy. What happens if on day one of a campus across town, the, what happens if the same thing that happened here happens there? Do, are you, did I say that in a, in a way that you understand? What if this place, in, in, what if a, a, a campus across town is running 501 people in 20 weeks? What's the plan? What's the strategy? So all of those things have to line up. You can help us pray about what does that mean? Where's God leading us? Um, in buildings and land and all of those kinds of things. But one thing I can tell you that won't change at City Hope Church, it's just part of who we are. And that is a, a, an attitude of serving our city. That's not going to change. Some of you are here because we served you in the city. Maybe you got a free hamburger. Maybe we served your, your, your school. You're, you're, a, you're an educator somewhere. And we brought a, a McDonald's biscuits to you. I don't, know, I don't know how you ended up here, but we, we serve in this city. That's what we do. So on July the 13th, we're going we're gonna to up the ante. All right, man, we're going to take it to a whole nother level. Right, and and we're gonna serve our city that day. It's a Saturday. It's it's this the uh, I think it's the second Saturday of July, and uh, these most of most of what we're gonna be doing is facilitated through small groups, and these small groups will find different ways that they can serve, build wheelchair ramps, paint elderly people's houses, lawn care for those who can't do that. I mean, just anything and everything that will make a difference in somebody's life. Uh, remodeling teachers' lounges, you name it, just whatever we can do. And, and you're going to be part of that. You're going to be making that happen, serving our city. I believe in making a difference in our community. Amen. Anybody else with me? I just believe that. Yeah, come on, let's give God praise. 
So, and, and then right after that, right on the heels of serving our city, I'm giving you some kind of what's next. What are we, what's coming up? What's coming down the pike? Right after that is what we call 21 days of prayer. And that's going to happen. We do it twice a year. We take 21 days in January and 21 days in August. It's the August 4th through the 24th. And it is the boiler room of what we do at City Hope. It's the backbone. It is integral. I'm trying to think of a bunch of stuff I could say to just like convince you how important it is to, to make it part of your life, to, to make 21 days a priority for you. What we do is uh, we'll gather at 6 a.m. every weekday morning. For anybody who wants to, it's not mandatory, but some of you, you'll be there with bells on at 6 a.m. And we pray. It's a prayer service. We call it a service. There's worship. There's a short message. There's a personal prayer time. There is a corporate prayer time at the end. And it's very structured and ordered. And when you leave, man, you, you leave pumped up and ready to go. Many of you came last year to, to, um, to that 21 days of prayer. In, not last year, but in January. So we'll do this again in August. And that will lead us right into a, a teaching series that we'll do that is one of the most evangelistic teaching series we'll ever do. It's called At the Movies. And yes, yeah, some of you are cheering because you've, you've seen it done at other churches. In fact, it is probably nationwide one of the most popular teaching series to do. And here's why. is because it is one of the most effective ways to reach unchurched people. And so we, what we do is we take biblical truths and we combine them with blockbuster. Right? And there, it's teaching and blockbuster. Teaching and blockbuster. And don't worry, it's all covered with licenses. Right? So we got that covered. Um, you won't be participating in anything illegal, all right? We, we're good. So we cover all of those bases, and teaching and movie, teaching and movie. And at the end of it, I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to see more people in church over those several weeks. Uh, we're going to record attendances, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, people walk through the doors. They'll, they'll walk out different than what they came in, in Jesus' name. I just believe that. Yeah, I believe it. So... You may have never seen that done before, but I want you to trust me in, in inviting some people to be part of that. And, and so as we get closer, we'll have invite cards for you to make sure there's somebody who's unchurched sitting with you in that series. And because we're expecting record attendances this fall, um, we're, we're praying about the possibility of adding another service in the fall. Uh, imagine that. Imagine if, uh, if we had to squeeze 50 or 60 more people in this room. I mean, we could do it, right? We could do it, but, but maybe it's time to start thinking about adding a service this fall. And, and you guys told us what service you would prefer, uh, but I'll save that for a later date, all right? Because you told us at Easter, and we're still just praying about, what, Lord, what do you want us to do? Where do you want us to go? So help us pray about whether we need to add a service this fall to accommodate the, the, the people who will be walking through the doors. All right. I know I'm giving, you, I'm giving you a lot of stuff, and we, we gave you blank notes on purpose so you could add, uh, just, just make that happen and not have to be uh, kind of nailed down to uh, a, an order or, or, or a, a certain schematic. So I want to give you a couple more things. Um, since the beginning of this year, because of your generosity at City Hope, I love this. Y'all are amazing. Because you give so faithfully, City Hope Church has been able to give $21,552.02 outside of the walls of this church to missionaries. 
to, to outreaches, to local outreaches, to church planters across America, uh, uh, Uganda, to people in Cuba, to Puerto Rico. We've been able to, to give those resources outside of this building, and that's because of your generosity. And, and we've been, when, I say every, when I say outside of these walls, it's, we've, we've given to things that take the gospel to people and bring people to the gospel. Does that make sense to you? It's what we call outreach. Outreach is taking the gospel to the people and bringing the people to the gospel. So you've been able to help make that happen. And I, wanted, I just want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for your generosity. Thank you for being faithful in tithing and giving and, and going above and beyond. And, and so I've told you what, what, what's God done. I've shared that. Here's what he's done. Here's what he's doing. You can see over the next several weeks how there's summer at City Hope and then Serve Day and then 21 Days of Prayer and, and all of these things that at the movie series. These things are coming up. God's doing some awesome things. Well, well, how do we get from here to there? How do we get to a place where we have a building, Ben? How do we get to a place where we have our own, our own property, our own leased space where we don't have to set up and tear down anymore? And really the answer is... It takes a community of people to be generous together, okay? That's, that's really the answer. And what we've been trying to do over the last several months is to earn your respect and to earn your trust. That's, that's what we've worked hard at. In fact, um, uh, we made a decision that we're just not going to spend every dime that comes in. And I think that's pretty good budgeting, right? Because the average household in America is spending 117% of their income. That doesn't, I don't know if you know them, you know, like that doesn't work. So, so we, we just decided we're not going to live that way. So I want you to know that we've been diligent. We have almost two months worth of surplus just sitting in the bank, drawing 3% interest, and that's just incredible. That's a miracle, really, to be 20 weeks old and to have two months worth of income just sitting in the bank. So I, I think we ought to give God <laughs> praise for that. And that, you heard me talk about land and, vi- and, and the buildings and all that. We have more vision than we have resource for. There's, there's more vision. When, when, when are we going to get property? When we can write a check. When are we going to build a building? When we have enough money to do that, right? So there's more vision than there are resources. And I believe God likes it that way because it causes us to rely on him. Do you hear me? It causes us to trust God. If we can do it without God, then we don't need God. And let's just close the doors and let's just be a country club. We need God to do the vision that he's called us to do. But here's the deal. No matter how much vision we have, we've committed to this. We're just going to move at the speed of this church's generosity. So whatever comes in, that's, that's the speed that we're going to move to. So what I want to do today is help you to know that you have a role in us getting from here to there. And I want to share a message today about generosity. So you have a role to play, but not just in the church world. God wants to do something in your heart as well. So in, as I kind of land the, the plane today, I want to give you some principles. And I want you to know this, that, that we are in a special moment. I talk to people, I talk to pastors who started on the same day we started. January 27th, 2019. And, and they're not experiencing what we're experiencing. They're struggling for income. They don't have enough people walking through the doors. 
Some of them are in bigger cities that you think, man, they've got to be blowing the doors off and they're doing a good work, but they're not seeing the fruit and the results that we've seen here. What we are in is in the, it's a miracle. I need you to know that. Are you with me? Do you believe that today? This is a miracle. It is. Nothing short of a miracle to see what God has, has done. And being part of this, it commands or it demands it. We need to respond to it. And so part of that response is generosity. And if you've been coming to City Hope for a while, you know that we're a no-pressure church. We're always going to be that way. We, that's the way we lead. That's the way we, the kind of culture that we've set. We don't put pressure on people to give. But what we do is we, we give you an opportunity at the end of the service every week. We say, look at what God has done. Look at how we made a difference here. Look at this opportunity we were able to bless people. Look what God's done, what he's doing, and then we give you an opportunity to partner, an opportunity to accelerate that vision. That's always been how we do things, and that's, that's how we want to do it from this point on. So God hasn't called me to be a fundraiser, all right? I'm not a fundraiser, but he has called me to teach you biblical truth and to help you live in freedom and to live with purpose. So over these last several weeks... I've been trying to build your trust, and I want to give you some principles to help you understand generosity today. And the, the thing that I don't want you to hear is I don't want you to hear, oh, man, they're just hurting for money. That's why he's telling you this. No, you heard me just tell you we're, we're good. We're, we're good. I, but I don't want you to hear me say, oh, well, they're good. They don't, they don't need me to support and, 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 and play a role in this. I don't want you to hear that. What I want you to hear is my heart to help you know this biblical principle on tithing. So the first thing we've got to know is this, is that our, pro, our provision and, and our prosperity is supernatural. That what, what God gives us financially is from God and not from us. Can I get a witness on that? We, not of ourselves. We didn't do it. God has given us this. So our employer is not our provider. God is our provider. He sustains us and he keeps us and he provides for us. And there's not a person in this room today who would say, you know what, I just, I don't want God's provision. I don't want it. No thanks. Every one of us want his provision. We want, we want prosperity. We want to walk in his abundance. But not all of us are willing to walk in obedience to his word when it comes to this one area, and that is the area of tithing. And so I, I want to help answer some questions. What is tithing? Some, we were at lunch a couple weeks ago with a, a lady who, she, she, she wasn't raised in church. She didn't understand it. Well, what is tithing? Can you help me understand where that comes from? And the word uh, tithe literally means 10%. And tithing is when we give the first 10% of our income to the Lord. It's a principle that we find in, in, in Scripture, not just in the Old Testament, but in the New, the new, <clears throat> the new Testament as well. And so we're going to talk about what that is. So it goes back before the law even, even began. And you see it sometimes as the word tenth or the word tithe. But the word tithe literally means tenth. is where we get 10% from. So I want to show you that if we, if we will do these principles, if we will live by this principle, and if we want God's abundance in our lives, then we've got to practice this lifestyle of generosity and obedience. Otherwise, we're asking God to do something for us that we're not willing to do for somebody else. 
Remember how when we talk about forgiveness, we have freely received his forgiveness. What do we have to freely do with it? Give it. So the same principle applies in everything. If God has given me these resources, then I need to be able to freely give them back to him. They belong to him anyway. So here's a simple truth about tithing is that when we're obedient in this area, we are blessed. Everybody say blessed. blessed. We're blessed when, when we are obedient in this area. But when we choose not to be obedient, we're cursed. Everybody say cursed. Now, this is, that's a, that's, a, a, that's a pretty tough biblical word, but the modern-day word would be consequences. There's consequences when we don't obey. Like with my kids, when they obey, how many of you know there is reward? There is blessing. If you don't obey, I'm going to take this belt off right now, and we're going to have a come-to-Jesus meeting, right? You know what I'm saying? When we, when we obey, there's blessing. When we don't, there's consequences. So I want to show you in the Scripture today this principle of tithing, and it comes from uh, the book of Malachi. And uh, it's, a, it's a principle that uh, you've, maybe you've read it, maybe you've heard this message uh, or a message preached from this scripture, but I want to give you something maybe you've never thought of. So Malachi chapter 3, it says this, For I am the Lord, and I do not change. Therefore, you're not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Basically, God is saying, it's a good thing I don't change or I would have wiped you off the face of the earth a long time ago because you are getting on my nerves, right? He's talking to the people of Israel. You, you, you are, I, just be glad that I haven't changed. I, I said that I would, never, I would never wipe you off the face of the earth. Just be glad, right? He's frustrated with them. Why is he frustrated? Because he instituted this principle at the beginning, before the law, and they have chosen not to follow it. He says, from the days of your fathers, you've gone away from my ordinances. And that word ordinances just means um, ordinary behavior. It's a principle of ordinary biblical behavior. You've gone away from my ordinary behavior, the ordinary principles, and you haven't kept them. And he says, return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. And then they said... But how should we return? So they're, maybe they're clueless. Maybe they, haven't, maybe they don't even know. Like, how, God, how, have we, like how should we return? What do you mean return? We thought we were with you. And he says, well, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. And he says, uh, in, in what way have we robbed you, God? Like, what do you mean we've robbed you? And he says, in tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a curse. There's the consequential part of it. There's consequences for you because you've robbed me. Even the whole nation has robbed me. And then he says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so, so that there might be food in my house. And then he says, try me in this. Another translation says, test me in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to contain it. So you can see that when, you, when you're obeying, there's blessing. But when, you're, when, when you don't, there is consequences. And then he goes on to say, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed. There it is again, because you've obeyed. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. So it's, he's talking specifically about this principle of ordinary behavior for the people of God. So let me say it this way. It is ordinary for the people of God to thank God for what he's done in their lives. Amen? 
It's ordinary for that. So when we tithe to God, we're demonstrating our faith to him and in his word. So I say it this way. That it, I can live better off of 90% that is blessed than I can off of 100% that is cursed. Right? I can, I, I can live off of a 90% better. So what I want to do today is show you how in this ordinary behavior, this principle of ordinary behavior, three things that I want you to know about it. Number one is that tithing, this ordinary behavior, is a test. It's a test. Uh, let's take a poll real quick. How many of you get paid every week? Is anybody every week? How about uh, every two weeks or every other week, right? How about monthly? Anybody get paid monthly? How many of you never get paid? Right? You're like, I need a job up in here today, right? Yeah. So every time you, you receive income, you take a test. Did you know that? And the test is whom or what are you going to thank for your income? Who are you going to thank for your income? What will you worship? Who or what will you worship with the income that you've received? So you know, you're, you know who you're thanking by the first check that you write. And some of us write, you know, it's automatic, right? It's automatic. We send the first check or the first bill pay goes to the mortgage or wherever. For me, um, when we moved here, I set it up on our online giving. It's, it's the 1st and 15th. It's ACH. And it, it comes out on those days. I don't even have to think about it. I just, it. It just comes out. It's the first thing that comes out. So the problem is if, if we're, let me say it this way. If we're thinking the mortgage company first, if that's the first thing that we, that we send out every month, that's okay, but it doesn't have the power to bless our lives. There's only one who has the power to bless our lives, and that is God. J.D. Rockefeller some of you have heard of him. He said, I would never have been able to tithe the first million dollars that I made if I hadn't tithed on the first salary, which was $1.50 a week. Man. So it starts somewhere. It starts small. So tithing is a test that reveals who or what has my heart. What has my heart? So the reason that God chose a percentage for tithing is because it's fair for everybody. Right? It's, it's not an amount, it's, it's a percentage. So it's a penny on every dime. It's a dime on every dollar. It's a dollar on every ten, ten on every one hundred. It's, it's the same all the way around. So whether you make three, three thousand, thirty thousand, three hundred thousand, whatever, whatever your income is, it is a percentage of that. And listen to me, it's, tithing is not about an equal amount, it's about equal obedience. It's about equal sacrifice. Does that make sense to you? Now, and I'm trying to help you understand that about tithing. So tithing, the number 10 represents testing. All throughout Scripture, we see this number 10 representing testing. So I want to give you an opportunity to... Let's have a little bit of crowd participation today, all right? Give you a chance to break up the, you know, the, the monotony a little bit. Just You don't have to listen to me. You can respond here. And so uh, the answer's 10, all right? So, so all, I'm just going to make it easy for you. How many plagues were there in Egypt? Ten. Yeah, 10. All right? This next one's easy. You got this. How many commandments are there? 10. How many times did God test Israel while they were wandering in the desert? 10. How many times did God test Jacob's heart while he was working for Laban? 10. How many days was Daniel tested in the first chapter of Daniel? 10. How, and Matthew, how many virgins were waiting for the bridegroom? 10. How many days of testing are mentioned in the book of Revelation? 
10. How many disciples were there? Aha. <laughs> test. Got you on that test, right? Yeah, there was 12 disciples, but, uh, but yeah, it's a little, little fun. Rep, 10 represents testing. And, and let, me, let me tell you this. The test isn't just for you. God actually says you can test him in this. In, in Malachi, it says, try me now in this. Other translations say, test me now in this. We've been taught all of our life, don't test God. But there's one area. He says, you can test me. And that is in this area of sowing and reaping, giving your, 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 your tenth, your tithe, and see if I won't throw open the windows of heaven. And can I just tell you, here's a little secret. God never fails a test. He never fails a test. So number one, tithing is, is a test. Secondly, tithing is biblical. It is biblical. There, there are some principles that just go all throughout the word of God, and this is one of them. Tithing, uh, a lot of people be, uh, believe that it started in the law. or like, you know, That's just part of the law, but it actually started before the law. And I want to show you that. In, in Genesis chapter 14, uh, this is... This is uh, a situation between Melchizedek and Abram. This is Abram uh, before he was Abraham, right? His name changed to Abraham. Abram had just gone to battle, and he won a war against several other kings, and he had all of this plunder left over, a bunch of stuff that was left over for him to take with him. And it says, he, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out the bread and the wine, and he was priest of God Most High. And he blessed Abram saying, blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. And then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. This is the very first time that the word tenth or tithe is mentioned in scripture. And it's a, it's a principle called the, the law of first mention. When you want to find out something about something in the Bible, find the very first time it was mentioned and study it. So this is the very first time that tenth or tithe is mentioned, and it's when Abram gave him a tenth of all the plunder that he had received. So that was 430 years before the law. It's not just a law issue. It was before that. And I'm just trying to help you see that. And then Abraham's grandson was living, living generous as well. This is, this is Jacob. He had just had a battle with the, with the uh, angel. Remember Jacob's ladder in the scripture? He just had this, this wrestling match. And it says in Genesis chapter 28, that this stone, Jacob says, this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And all of all that you give me, so there's God gives us the income, he gives us the increase. If all that you give me, I'm going to give you back a tenth. I'm going to give you a tenth. That's 400 years before the law. So it's not just a law issue. It's before that. And then it is in the law in Leviticus chapter 27. Here's an instance where you see it. A tithe of everything from the land, whether, whether grain or, or uh, from the soil or fruit from the trees. Right? Because that, that was their monetary means. They, they didn't have as much money as we just have floating around. They just, it was grain and, and meat and cattle and sheep and all of these things. That, that was how they traded. So a tithe of all of that belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. And then in Deuteronomy 26, it says, When you've entered the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and you've taken possession of it, you've settled in it, take some of the first fruits of all 
that you produce from the soil, that word first fruits just illustrates the first 10% of income, and then give it to the Lord. Take it to the Lord your God, put it in a basket, then take it to the place the Lord your God will choose. The place is the storehouse, right? That represents church. Take it to that place as a dwelling for his name. He'll choose a place as a dwelling for his name. Take it there. So you go, man, Ben, okay, I get it. Uh, but that's all Old Testament, man. You know, we don't live under the Old Testament. We live under the New Testament now. That's all law. We live under grace. Well, uh, to that, I would just say, also, murder is in the Old Testament. Uh, adultery is in the Old Testament. It's part of the law. But we're under grace now, so we just get to do whatever we want. Stealing, lying, all of that. So, so I don't want us to just throw out this principle because, man, I play about a lot of things, Ben, but I, don't, I ain't thing to play about my money. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I play about a lot of things, but I don't play about my money. We are just trying to show you and teach you a biblical principle here. So if Jesus told you to tithe, would you do it? Yeah. I, okay, Jesus told me to tithe. Yes, I would do it. Well, Matthew 23, 23 says it this way. Woe to you teachers of the law, you Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices. Your mint, dill, cumin. So you give a tenth of all of that. You get down to the nitty gritty. Jesus is really just calling them out. You tithe on everything, even down to the amount of spices you have. But he says, you've neglected more important matters of the law. Justice, mercy, faithfulness. And some of you might see, see, see there's, it's, it's more important for justice, mercy, and faithfulness. But the next line, he says, you should have practiced the latter. You, you should have practiced justice, mercy, faithfulness without neglecting the tithe. Does that make sense to you? So that's, that's what he's saying there. Jesus even tells us, it's, we ought to tithe. Take care of the poor around you, but give as well. Be generous as well. And then in Hebrews 7, this is just one more instance in the New Testament. And it says this. Uh, in, in, according to Hebrews, Abraham's our spiritual father, right? Father Abraham. Many sons, right? If you grew up in the old school Sunday school churches, right, you did that. Many sons had father. So, Father Abraham, he's our spiritual father. Well, Melchizedek, who we just read, read about, Melchizedek, he is a type of Jesus. He, is a, he represents Jesus here. And it says this that here on earth, mortal men receive tithes. But there, he's talking about heaven. He receives them, talking about Melchizedek, of whom it is witnessed that he lives. So Melchizedek is this type of Jesus. And, and the writer, we don't know who wrote Hebrews, but he's, he's basically giving us this image that when you give to the Lord, when you tithe, you may think you're giving to the local church, but in a very real spiritual sense, you're giving to Jesus himself. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? You're not just giving to a local church, you're giving to Jesus. So tithing is a test. It's a biblical principle. But number three, it is a blessing. Come on, somebody. Can you just say amen? It's a blessing. It is. We don't have to tithe. We get to tithe. We get to do this. It's been a principle that we've lived by for years, and I hope that one day I can share so many stories of what God has done in our life but it's a blessing for us to be able to do this. J.L. Kraft says he's the head of the, or was the head of the Kraft Cheese Corporation. He was known for saying this, 
that the only investment I ever made, which has con- paid consistently increasing dividends, is the money that I have given to the Lord. And it's so true. So there, there, there are a few testimonies that I hear when it comes to tithing. And one of those is uh, the people who tithe say, man, I'm blessed. No doubt about it. I don't even miss it. It's just, it's just part of who I am, part of what we do. We're blessed. But then those who don't, the common thing I see there is that I can't afford to tithe. And we'll never be able to afford to tithe until we tithe. Why? Because tithing, according to Malachi 3, breaks the curse. Right? It's what, it's what opens the Lord's window over our lives. Now, it's not name it, claim it. Like, it's not like, thank you, Lord, I'm going to give to them and I tithe. But when I walk out there, I thank you for that Lamborghini. It's going to be sitting in the parking lot. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. God, you're good. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing on my life. Thank you, Lord, for that new house that when I pull up in my driveway, it's just totally remodeled. I don't have to do anything else to it. God, thank you. Thank you. It's not like that, okay? But he opens the windows of heaven. In fact, you're still going to have flat tires. You're, that, that doesn't mean you're not gonna, your washing machine's not going to go out. Can I get a witness? You, you tie, that's still going to happen, but, because, but you, you're blessed. You don't, you don't, you don't see it as, a, as an issue like we, like we do in, in other ways, right? So let me, let me give you this. I'm going to end it up with this. Oh, let me, let me say, not in my notes, but just kind of coming to my mind. Sometimes what people would say about tithing is, well, my time is my tithe, Pastor Ben. You know, I, I, my time. I just give my time to the Lord. And, and what I would just say there is, I'm not trying to argue with you, but uh, if that's true, then two hours and 40 minutes of every day, you need to be serving God. 17 hours a week. And, and I'm just saying that that would be your tithe. So uh, some people might say, well, you know, we give our tithe to different places. We send it here and there, but Malachi 3 says, bring it to the storehouse. Leviticus says, bring it to the storehouse. Uh, why? So that there could be food in, in this house. And why? So that, so that City Hope can purchase property one day. So that we can buy property, build a building, renovate something one day. Right? Because when we all do it together... You're going to see what happens right here in 2 Chronicles 31. I love this. When we all do it together, look. Moreover, Hezekiah commanded the people who dwelt in Jerusalem. Hezekiah is the king. And he says, contribute support for the priests and the Levites, that they might devote themselves. Earlier you saw where it said, bring your tithe to the storehouse so that there would be food in God's house. So... Give it to the, the priests and Levites that they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord. Can I ask you, like, do you enjoy the messages and the programming? Do you enjoy City Hope? Yes, yeah, we do. Amen. Yes. We all do. We enjoy that. But I want you to know, and, and, I'm, and I'm saying it with just all the love in my heart, that somebody is paying for that to be able to make that happen. Somebody is paying the rent, and somebody paid for these chairs, and some, all of that. So we have spiritual food here at City Hope. We have great things because of a whole bunch of people who say, I'm all in. I'm going all the way. I'm going to live by this ordinary principle. So it continues in verse 5. It says, Moral, it says, as soon as the commandment was circulated. So Hezekiah says, 
tell everybody, bring a, a tenth. As soon as that happened, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits. There it is again, the first 10% of the grain, the wine, the oil, the honey, and all of the produce of the field. And they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. They brought it all, 10% of everything. The children of Israel and Judah, who dwelt in the cities of Judah, they brought tithe of oxen, sheep, the tithe of holy things, or as Nacho Libre would say, holy things. And brought the tithe of all of that, which were consecrated to the Lord their God, and they laid them in heaps. Do y'all hear that? When we, when, where's that building coming, Pastor Ben? When are we going to get the property? When are we going to renovate something? When we start laying it up in heaps. When everybody comes together. And when we all live by this ordinary principle, it gets laid up in heaps. And the next verse says, in the third month, they begin laying them in heaps, and they finished in the seventh month. And when Hezekiah and the leaders came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord. <clears throat> Thank you, God. You're so good. And then Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps. Listen to this. The way I interpret this is Hezekiah goes, man, tell me, how are the people doing? I see all of this that... that has been given. I see all of these heaps of grain and the oxen. I see all of this stuff. Are the people okay? Because it looks like they have given everything. And the priest says, oh, since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat. We've had plenty left over. And the Lord has blessed his people. And what you see left, oh, we've taken care of everything. What you see left is the abundance it's the abundance. So I want to close with this. Let me close with this. Can you imagine what the body of Christ could accomplish if every believer was obedient in this one ordinary principle? And I want you to imagine the impact that City Hope could have in Wichita Falls, in Burt Burnett, in Shepherd, downtown Iowa Park. Henrietta, Holiday. Imagine the impact that we could have in our communities if we just started laying it in heaps, just being obedient in this one area. How much more effective? And if you say, Ben, this just is a, are, are you just begging? No, I'm not. I, I would tell you, if you don't trust me, go to any other church in town and do it. Promise you. Go to any other church and do it and see what happens. Just imagine what the body of Christ could do. Amen? Amen. Hey, would you bow your heads with me today? And let me, I want to just close with this. I hope that you hear my heart today. I hope you hear my passion is for you, not for things, not for heaps. My passion is not for heaps. We're good. My passion is for you. And so if you're here today and, and you say, Ben, I, I'm not, a, I'm not tithing. I haven't stepped out in faith. I've been a little scared. I've, I've always maybe believed that I couldn't afford it. Then I'm just asking you to ask God what he wants you to do. I'm not even going to tell you what to do. I'm, I, I'm simply asking you to ask God what he wants you to do. And then do it. As hard as it might be, do it. Step out in faith. And, and see the curse break. See the consequences broken. And the Bible says that 
when we give, we ought to give what has been decided in our hearts. So this isn't a plea for more. In fact, I would rather you not even give today so that it's not a not out of compulsion. The Bible says that you, you shouldn't give out of compulsion, but to give cheerfully. You should give what's decided, what, in other words, what is pre-planned in your heart. But if you're not a tither, maybe it's taking the next step and stepping out in faith, stepping out in obedience to, to be a tither. If you are a tither, maybe it's going above and beyond that and giving offerings that accelerate the church. Maybe you're already going above and beyond that and maybe you have a spiritual gift. The Bible calls it a spiritual gift of giving where you have been blessed to be a blessing, to accelerate the vision exponentially. If that's you, then ask the Lord what He wants you to do. And Psalm 116 verse 12 says it so simply, What shall I return to the Lord for all of His goodness to me? What shall I do for all of His goodness to me? So if you're here today and you're far from God, you, you don't need to give an offering. You, you don't need to give a tithe today. If you're here today and you're, you're far from God, you don't know God, the only thing you need to give God is your, yourself. The most important, the most valuable thing you could give God today, if you don't know Him, you don't have a relationship with Him, is to give Him yourself. And if you're here today and you say, Ben, I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't know God. I'm not in relationship with Him. I don't have, like, I, I don't have all the answers. I've been doing things my own way. I've been in control of my own life, and I'm ready to surrender control today. I'm ready to give Him my life. If that's you, you're ready to give Him control of your life, to surrender your life. Just lift up your hand where I can see you. Just between me and you, God bless you. Thank you so much. Who else today? That's me, Ben. Count me in that prayer. I give my life to Jesus today. Who else today? Who else? God bless you. Thank you so much. I see you. Anybody else? Amen. Y'all say this prayer with me today. Let's just repeat it after me. Let's proclaim this. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. It's all I have to give. I repent. I turn. Not my way, but your way. I need you. Will you cleanse me? Will you forgive me? Will you wash me and make me new? I surrender to you today. From this day forward, I am yours. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen.